I associate Israel in December with Sukhavniot, those wonderful donuts that we eat on Hanukkah. While donuts are eaten throughout the world, there's something special about it being in winter while biting into a fresh, jam-filled one in the Holy Land. But then, of course, there are amazing things to do in Israel, both in December and around the year. Josh Coonan is a tour guide and a tour operator that is based in Israel. And I thought it would be lovely to get insight for him as to what it's like from the inside. Josh, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Sharish. Thank you very much for having me. Josh, you are, let's put it out there, South African-born and Australian-raised living in Israel. Um, coming in as an outsider, as a tour guide, do you think that gives you a bit of an advantage? Um, I think it does. For, for Firstly, for the most obvious reason, um, I think that uh, language is very, language is important, and I think it can be hard, even with Israelis who have good English, it can be hard sometimes to understand Um people speaking with a thick accent. I also think that understanding the diaspora and um, and how Western, how non-Israelis tend to think and non-Israeli customer service levels is, is important because there can be uh, miscommunication and there can be sort of expectations that don't match up and uh, cultural differences, essentially. I, I, I actually would agree with you on many levels. And I think another advantage is that you see things as a foreigner initially. I mean, I, I will get now known to how long you've been doing this. But um, maybe when you live in a country, you take much of it for granted, whereas you see it with foreign eyes, you can understand the, I don't know, uniqueness or specialness of certain aspects of it. Absolutely. I think that um, I think that you Israelis don't always realize how incredible this country is. And um, they often don't realize that tourists don't under, tourists don't automatically have the level of knowledge that, that they do, things that they're raised with. Um, I can give an example. I was recently at a, um, I was recently listening to an Israeli guide who kept assuming that people knew who David Ben-Gurion was and just spoke as if it was obvious that Ben-Gurion was the first prime minister. And it was clear to me that the group didn't actually know who he was referring to. Um, it's a very small example, but it's something that I think that I think comes up from t that that comes up and can affect how a tour can affect a tour and a tourist experience. Yeah, I actually would say that one of the things that makes a tour specifically successful is the tour guide and the tour operator. Doing both, um, how do you reconcile that? Is it very very different, or do you think they go together quite well? I think that it goes together very well. I think that being a tour guide, being out in the field allows me to understand what tourists are looking for. And I think that a lot of tour operators become disconnected from what their clients are really looking for. And the small comforts, making sure that lunch is at a good time, planning a route that that involve, that uh, ensures that, that there's enough bathroom stops, very small things. And I think that when you're out in the field, you, you remember those small things and um it makes it makes the job of being a, of running of the job of a tour operator easy, easier as well uh, josh can you tell how long have you been doing doing this and how did you get involved i've been doing this um for around eight or nine years now i got involved initially um, initially i was actually working in politics, it's a slightly strange story for a strange career path for someone in tourism. But I was working in politics, and a lot of um, 
a lot of people started contacting me asking if it was possible to arrange a tour to understand the Arab-Israeli conflict. And that was actually how I, I started out, initially working, initially doing some tours part-time. And then we kind of expanded to the point where I was doing those tours full-time and, um, and now doing both those kind of tours, but also general tourism, bar mitzvah tours, uh, Christian-based tours, family tours, all of that sort of thing. Do you have a preference into the kinds of tours that you run? I personally, I, I don't have a huge preference. I prefer working with with smaller groups. I think that it's more personal, and I think that having a small, having a guide with a small group allows the group to get more out of the guide. Um, but in terms of in terms of family tours versus small group tours versus Christian tours. Not really. I do find the political element very, very interesting, but uh, but the political tours, but uh, that's something that we do less of these days. It's surprising in a way that the political tours are something you do less in because, um, you know, if anybody knows anything about Israel, it's the conflict. And I'm sure many people need to understand it. But on the other hand, I suppose many, many people, for many, it's the Holy Land at so many different levels. So that also makes sense. Josh, um, have you had any kind of really weird experiences? Um, yes, actually, not that long ago, I had a group that turned up and told we had a group that booked with us. They were Christ, they, they said that they were Christian. It turned out that they interpret Christianity to be something to do with crystals, and they walked around Israel touching rocks that they thought were holy and and chanting. Um, I wasn't the guide, but I was just the operator and the guide kept sending me videos, not knowing what to do next and not knowing where to take them. And I really couldn't help that much. I mean, I think I know Israel pretty thoroughly, but um, that's something that I definitely hadn't come across beforehand. What happens with that? Um, what, what did you do in the end? Did they have a successful trip? They had a very successful trip. At the end of the day, Groups, a group with such a niche interest is going to know what they're looking for. So we got them. We, I spoke to the group leader, and we just uh, kind of had them alter the itinerary, which which they had previously signed off on. But uh, we had them alter the itinerary um, a little, a little bit, and um, they were very happy. They they really really liked the guide in particular. Have you had any disasters? Real disasters? Uh. Thank God, up to now, we have not had any real disasters. Uh, we've had tours where um, one actually one of the very first tours that I, I did um, had an issue. It snowed in Jerusalem. And when, when it snows in Jerusalem, it's very, very beautiful. But Israel is not prepared for snow. Certainly not sort of in the center of the country. Maybe in the Golan Heights, a little bit different. Everything shuts down in this group had to get to the airport we ended up having to get special vehicles in to get them there but they got there in the end um that's the closest we've come and i i think that a good operator a good tour operator shouldn't really have disasters simply because they should be willing to to um take contingencies into account and also pay for we had to pay to get those trucks there at the end of the day one of the reasons that people that people pay a premium to come on an organize to come on a tour and not and don't just fly into Ben Gurion Airport on their own and, and sort of see things on their own is because they want someone else to also 
be there to solve problems and to take risks. And I think that tour operators need to understand, To uh, I think tour operators need to understand that. When I say take risks, I mean to assume the risk from the traveler to, to be the one who has to solve these problems. I imagine that you need a lot of flexibility because you can control so much, but there's so much out of your control. In this case, the weather, um, traffic, all kinds of things. You know, Israel is quite um, flammable often. So I think things change all the time. You need flexibility and you need need flexibility in a whole range of ways. Sometimes it's great. I mean, I had one of these, I had a political group a while ago and we suddenly got a call um, while we were on the road to say that if we wanted to meet the deputy head of the Mossad, he was willing, a former deputy head of Mossad, he was willing to to meet the group. Um, we turned the bus around um, half halfway uh, up to the north. It was a meeting the group really wanted. Um, in terms of things like the weather, it's there's flexibility needed. I, I gave you an example of something a little bit extreme because the group was on the way to the airport, but we've had cases where we wake up in the morning in, in winter and it's raining and we decide, for example, that we're going to restructure our itinerary to, we've got a day later in the tour where we're supposed to go to museums. We're going to change the itinerary. And that's, I think something that's, we're going to, that's important, making sure that the group, but I think that sometimes people in the tourism industry treat tours like kind of boot camp. They, they have an itinerary and they're going to stick to it and, the tourists are going to see everything that they've planned on the itinerary. And I think that at the end of the day, it's important to remember that people are paying good money to come and have a good time and, and not simply to see absolutely everything. Um, and flexibility, we need flexibility to make sure people leave having had a good, having had a good time as well as having seen as much as possible. Josh, as a tour guide, you are allowed to operate um, or you are allowed to go into the territories. Um, what's that like for you? Um, so we're allowed to go into certain parts of the territories that firstly, any Israeli can obviously go into parts of the territory with territories which are controlled by by Israel, the settlements in essence. But in terms of going into areas controlled by the Palestinians, uh, we can go into certain areas Um and I get to go into some more with permission, permission because I work with a lot of journalists. Um, I've never had a bad experience in the territories. Bethlehem, for example, is a place where tourism is is the li- tourism is the lifeblood of the city. Christian tourists visit Bethlehem every single day in there in and in big big numbers. And I find that people are very very friendly. Um, sometimes tourists themselves are nervous crossing into the Palestinian. Uh, controlled areas but uh for me i i know that i'm i always reassure people that we wouldn't do anything that wasn't safe because at the end of the day the guides wouldn't do anything that would put themselves at risk Uh, i think that on a human to human level there really is generally not a big problem in terms of israelis and palestinians i think that there's a political issue but uh i think that most people manage to see each other as as people and I think that's actually very important. That I think it's very important that that we have those interactions. Josh, in terms, um, you obviously do from the bottom of Israel right to the top. Do you have a favorite spot? And also, yeah, do you have a favorite spot? Um, I re- I really love guiding the old city of Jerusalem, and I really really love guiding Masada. I think that it's um such a unique story with a unique view. 
And um, every person that we take there reacts slightly differently, connects with a different part of the story. For some, it's the it's the story of King Herod and the incredible palace he built. For some, it's obviously the story of the Jewish rebels. I just find that that, that makes it a place that I really love visiting myself and really love taking people to see for themselves. Do you ever get bored? Do you ever think, oh, gosh, I've got to do this again? Um, I don't ever get bored as a tour guide. I occasionally get bored on days that I'm working in the office. As a tour operator, I spend a lot of my days in the office. Um, but I think that one of the things that makes the work attractive is that and is that um, it's very, very varied. I started my career as a lawyer, and um, I would spend most of my time reviewing contracts, and there wasn't that much variety. Now, people come to me and say, don't you ever get bored of guiding the old city? The answer is not really, because firstly, I see different things and meet different people every time I go there. And secondly, I do go there repeatedly, but there's usually a break of several days in between, because if we have a, we have a tour that goes for a week, we'll only go to, to a, a place once, and then I won't go back there for at least a, another week, 10 days. That makes it much more varied than most workplaces, where you really do do the same thing many times many times a week maybe many times a day i really have never found that i've been bored no i must tell you i could never tire of the old city uh, it's yeah. one of those places that is different every single time you go and something definitely i, I mean the history is just so incredibly rich uh, josh do you have a favorite time of year um i like um i like the late spring around may um and also sort of the period around October, I find the weather's really nice. It's not too hot. It's unlikely to rain. Um, we are in daylight saving time. So gen so we uh, so the days are still a little bit longer. You still get a bit more time to see things. Um, that's really my favorite time of year. Um, people should also consider with things like where if they're planning a visit like whether they want to spend time on the beach i mean summer is very hot but uh, a lot of people for a lot of people coming to tel aviv and getting some time to just relax on the beach is also important josh we have to leave it there but um, any contact details that you'd like to give out if anybody is looking to yeah. visit well? actually Sharice, if anyone um, so our company is called and this is a little bit of a hard name to remember, but Pizzazz Israel Tours, P-I-Z-A-Z-Z. -Z. If anyone would like to email me at josh at pizzazzisrael.com. Again, that's P-I-Z-A-Z-Z, israel.com, josh at pizzazzisrael.com. We'd be, if you say you came through this this show, we'd be happy to offer a quote for anything you're interested in and also give a, a discount of 5% uh, on the tour price. Yeah, so South Africans are very Zionistic, um, and we also have a very big Christian community who support and love Israel. So I'm pretty sure, Josh, that tourism, yeah, you, I'm hopefully sending people your way. But Josh, thank okay. you so much for joining me and for giving some insight into what it's like to be a tour guide and tour operation in Israel. Thank you for having me. That was Josh Coonan, um, who is, as you can hear by his accent, Australian raised but South African born and a tour guide and tour operator in Israel.